0: In today's fast-paced and ever-changing world, leaders who can adapt to changing circumstances and manage uncertainty are more valuable than ever before. Many leadership traits, ambition, initiative, attention to detail, business acumen, creative problem-solving, and critical thinking skills will always be desirable. No matter what, the people who possess these characteristics will be valuable to their organizations and the teams they lead. Not only can good leaders empower their team and unlock higher productivity and workplace success, but they also foster greater retention and recruitment. This podcast explores the ways in which leaders can develop this trait and how it can impact staffing within an organization. Welcome to Yo's Back to Work podcast. I'm your host, Joe McIntyre. On this episode, we will explore how a culture of innovation and leaders who encourage risk taking can create a more agile and successful organization. Today, I'm excited to welcome Dallas Grundy, Senior Vice President and CFO at the University of Akron. Dallas has a background in higher education and is a leader with 20 plus years of experience in delivering change to educational institutions, including the University of Pennsylvania and Rutgers University. Dallas, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. So glad to be here. Awesome. Before we kind of get into some of your insights on leadership. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, why you uh, made your way to education.
1: Sure, I have a, a bit of an interesting background and uh, path to my current position. My undergraduate studies are in engineering and my graduate studies are in marketing and MIS. And so the immediate question I usually get is, how does such a background get you to the CFO table? Um, and in higher ed at that at, at, you know, at that. And so, without providing too protracted a story, I have a entrepreneurial, a mix of entrepreneurial experience, um a good mix of nonprofit experience, certainly some uh, professional and private and fortune five hundred experience. And the common theme that runs through all of those experiences, in my humble opinion, has really been um, my my true interest and passion to um, to make a difference and to connect with people um, to be able to help in their development to get them from uh, um, you know the place that they are to some other place and you know that could be interpreted in a number amount of ways but it has really been my true privilege and pleasure to help in that facilitation and so I found myself in these different spaces really attracted to uh, fulfilling the same need and that is you know ultimately management and leadership and using my skills and and varied and extensive background to, to bring to those experiences and, and help others and help myself along the way. So I have an affinity toward higher education. I think it is the premier place where a person like myself who has an interest in human development, um uh, can apply that that interest in those skills no matter if it be as a CFO or as a professor in a classroom and so it just has been my uh true pleasure the past 20 years to uh to work with a number of professionals spanning a broad range of backgrounds uh to be able to do that
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anybody better to have on a podcast talking about leadership than someone who's not only a leader yourself, but someone who's working at an institution helping to mold tomorrow's leaders. So first, maybe you can tell us, in your opinion, what the traits of a good leader are and what maybe makes one leader better, you know, quote unquote, than another.
1: Yes, good question. For me, truly, what comes to my mind initially when I think about uh, what makes a good leader, what are the traits of a good leader? Great listening skills, adaptability. You spoke about adaptability in your in your introduction. And those two are really key. Um, I think whenever you're working with people, you know that there's going to be the need to connect. And you know that there are going to be issues and challenges and problems that come, uh, you know, as a result of of, of that interconnectivity and, and, and uh, communication. Uh, collaboration is really big, particularly, you know, in the day and age that we live in. Rarely we'll find a project that requires your sole input only, and so teaming and Collaboration is is very huge, and then lastly, and and you know, very importantly, uh, a sense of self, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, uh, knowing you know truly, um, you know who you are and what motivates you and what you know your why for being in the place that you you know are currently exercising your uh, professional skills, and that goes hand in hand with integrity and making sure that you're the same, showing up at the same person as the same person time and time and again so just a few a few off the top of my head that I think are very critical I think you always have to start essentially with understanding who you are (laughs) for you can uh, truly have a meaningful interaction with others, which is which is the essence of leadership, you best know who you are. And um, again, your strengths, weaknesses, motivations, so on and so forth.
0: Especially for organizations looking to grow their talent, I think there's a couple aspects of leadership development or identification. One is people uh, that you already have in, in-house trying to either identify who may be a leader there and also grow maybe new leaders. But What can be a challenge, I think, is during an interview process or when you're looking for a new manager or a new leader to identify who is a leader in the interview process when you only have a few hours maybe or even less to talk to someone. Do you have any um, insights or any experience with knowing how to identify if someone has those leadership traits you identified in an interview or just with a short conversation or just seeing them kind of in action just briefly?
1: Uh, that's an excellent question. I don't know if there's a safe-proof way to to come up with that empirical kind of formula. What I've put to practice in most instances is utilizing the competency-based interview questions. So these are questions that, that uh, you know ask the interviewer to consider situations where uh, they've had the ability to create change or had the ability to innovate a new process? And how did they think about bringing that? Tell me a time when there was some potential for conflict um, uh, you know, between you and a coworker or between you and a, a direct re- report. And you know, what, what you'll find in those answers is first the thought process is telling. How are, how are they perceiving and processing the question and therefore producing the answer? And then really the, the quality and the content of their answer. Do you, you know, the words that they're using, are they using words like we and our team and, you know, coming from again that collaborative space, coming again from that sense of understanding that the work that they do and, and particularly the leadership that they provide can be transformative and not just transactional. And so you you hear that in the words that are used. And so it's not a one-to-one relationship, but you can usually detect those who have a sincere heart for leadership, the development of their uh, direct reports and and a, a true embracing of the mission of the organization through the words that they're using. So that's how I typically have tried to approach those situations.
0: Yeah, especially in your role, I'm sure you're in charge of identifying leaders all the time. Have you found it more difficult to find good leaders recently, or uh, is just this idea that uh, there's less available talent out there for organizations to hire, higher institutions to to hire, has made it more of a challenge? What is your perspective there?
1: The current um, kind of workforce dynamics uh, play a lot into the question. Um, I think that, uh, you know, particularly in, in my space, there's, there's oftentimes certain functions that are, that make themselves, that leaders make themselves more available and, and seen, or, or leaders are, are more easily accessible in some functions uh, where other functions, where, they, where there may be more demand or the particular skill sets uh, made demand more from the organization to attract, acquire, nurture, and retain those, those individuals. Uh, it varies. But I, I think, generally speaking, if the culture of the organization is a good one, and you have opportunities, real opportunities at your organization, you will attract leaders. You may even find that you have leaders under your nose that you can develop and, and, and blossom and bloom right right there in the organization. Um, and so I think a lot of it has to do with the care that the organization has, has taken to really develop a culture, uh, define its mission and stay true to its mission, have an inspiring vision and uh, push Uh, the the members of the organization to aspire to that vision and then really have a set of values uh, by which they work on a daily basis that really um, reinforce and undergird, uh, you know, that mission and the vision. Um, I think when what I've seen is when you have that, you have a influx of uh, interests to come and work for the people and the organization that can really be fertile and 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 productive for that or for that individual seeking opportunities.
0: I want to get a little philosophical with you here. Uh, mm-hmm. In your opinion, do you think good leaders are born or are they made or is it kind of both?
1: Uh, the age old question. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. I, I certainly believe that um anyone who Uh, DARE assumes leadership must know that it's a a service first, not a to be served first. Um, And so there's a, a, you know, somewhat of a humbling arc that a leader has to take in order to to gain the uh, learning and development needed to be the appropriate leader um, for the appropriate situation. Um, But not everybody, has such humility (laughs) so it does take a a, a, it it does take the ability to um to embrace the learning to take some risks um to develop your leadership because i think leadership is a continuum um you can always uh get better nowhere no matter where you are as a leader and so um while the work is needed there also has to be some innate Um, qualities about yourself to have the humility, to do the reflection, um, uh, to do the work to be a leader.
0: Yeah, You mentioned some of those good qualities uh, of leaders, but I'm sure we've also had our bad share or our share uh, of bad leaders uh, that we've come across, whether it's a bad boss or a a bad manager. What are some of the qualities in your eyes of uh, a bad leader or someone who's not an effective leader?
1: Yes, yes. Well, again, I think it goes back to leadership is about serving um, first. Um, and so, you know, that's a perfect setup <laughs> for a person who may be self-centered, a person who may have some insecurities, and we all have insecurities. We all have some, some self-centeredness. Um, but I think too much of a dose of either one of those um, I think about uh, those who might ma- micromanage, which might be a symptom of the the insecurity or the self-centeredness. Um, not that sometimes micromanagement m- may be necessary, uh, but I think as a general rule, uh, you know, if you have some of those hang-ups, if you have some of those misperceptions about what leadership is, what leadership does, what leaders do. Um, it, it, it makes score a bad leader. But on the other hand, it sets up the opportunity um, to learn from that failure and come back as a better leader if you if, again, you have the humility to to embrace it.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people talk about their experiences with poor leaders more so than their experiences with good leaders, at least in social situations. How much of an impact does a leader, good or bad, um, have on an organization, and kind of importantly, on its ability to retain its best talent?
1: In my view, it's a chicken and an egg situation. So, you know, to be a leader, you have to have followers, right? So, at least two people have to be following you before you can even qualify as a leader. Um, and so, leaders have influence. We understand that. Um, and so, I think uh, a good leader can be a good influence on a good culture or a bad culture. But I think a leader does have some limitations depi- depending on the culture that that leader finds him or herself in. And so um, you know again, a chicken and an egg, I think that when we talk about culture, when we talk about mission vision and values, uh, good leaders uh, and good organizations are the main ambassadors for the organization, can transmit that culture, can really, um uh, extend the those um those philosophies and and those practices in such a way that it attracts other leaders but if you're if you're a good leader in a bad situation it can be a challenge um to overcome that and so i think it's 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 a pull and tug the leaders try constantly trying to be better, and the organization can help that leader. The leaders trying to make the organization better, uh, but a, a leader, uh, one leader, in and of him or herself, cannot change an organization around. And so, it's a, it's a, uh,
0: it's a two-way street. Uh, I apologize for this, but I'm going to keep asking you very difficult questions. Uh, I <laughs> hope you keep answering them. Uh, so, yes, a uh, challenge that everybody has is probably figuring out whether they are a good leader or not I think we'd all like to ideally think that we are or hope that we are good leaders but can a person innately know whether they are a good leader or not and I guess how do you find out what works and what doesn't with your people um, you know as your leader you know as your leader and using those leadership qualities is there any way to figure out am I good or not at this yeah, yeah,
1: that's a, that's a good question. You know, I've often, I, I'm sure you have, most of us have thought about the time when we thought we were leaders, when we thought we knew that we were leaders or what happened, what circ- set of circumstances kind of gave us the first indication that we had some, some leadership. And I would argue again, it goes back to, is there anybody behind you following you? <laughs> is there anybody uh, who has um, heard, uh, processed, digested your, for lack of a better term, value system, and accepted that as the standard for themselves. Um, I think that's really what a leader is and what a leader does. Um, and so um, I, I think you know that. Depending on whether it's a it, whether you're talking about a sporting team or you're talking about a corporate team or you're talking about a neighborhood. Um, you know activity um are you are you do you have the capability to inspire others and to have others follow you um and i think though some of the ways to test that is you know one you really have to again know who you are and be authentic and and original in who you are and what you are broadcasting the values that you're transmitting um because if the connection is made, it, it needs to be made on a real basis, on a, on, a, on a real foundational basis, based on, you know, what you are bringing to the table. Uh, being transparent, none of us are perfect. Um, so uh, in, many, in many regards, knowing that you're a leader involves sharing some of your weaknesses. Um, uh, being transparent about the areas where you certainly have strength, but areas where you need help. And do others see that as an opportunity um, that they can connect with you on? Or do they see that as a turnoff because you have you know, less than capable skills in a certain area? Um, so I think you have to be authentic. You have to be transparent. And it, it just really reminds me that you always have to connect your why to the work that you're doing so that others can be inspired beyond just the paycheck that they may be getting or the personal gratitude that they may be getting. And, and in the, in, particularly in higher education, in each of the positions that I've had, I think about one of my first um, very significant positions at uh, Rutgers Graduate School of Education. As an administrator, I saw myself as contributing to the education of the children and families in New Jersey who were being taught by the teachers who are coming through the Graduate School of Education. It's a long line, but I connected my work every day and was motivated every day by the thought of of the impact that I was having at, at the public school level or the private school level. And I think when people can see that kind of um, motivation and uh, bigger purpose and they're following you, that's an indication that you're a leader.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, you just hit it on the head there with the impact that you're having, you know, not generations certainly down the line, but levels of people down the line. And I think a lot of leaders and a lot of people in general don't necessarily understand that you certainly have a direct team that's reporting to you, but what you're teaching them is going to have an impact on their ability to lead later. So uh, not to put too much responsibility (laughs) on people's shoulders, but it it is. There's, you know, uh, monkey see, monkey do. There's a lot of, you know, learning that's happening down the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. A question for you that I think is super relevant in higher education because not only are you educating current students, uh, but you're trying to attract new ones—the high school students—to come in. So, is there a difference in what leadership traits retain talent, so keep those people in house uh, on your current team, versus attracting new talent? Um, Are there any difference there, or are they kind of pretty much the same?
1: I think that they're the same, um, but I think there's a subtle. There's there's a there's a subtle difference in um, the timing, obviously, of 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 uh, what you portray or what your practice may be, what you're saying, what you're doing. Um, It's one thing to espouse a certain set of values. That that may be what you do to attract somebody, right? Um, It's another thing to really truly live out and embrace um, a practice that you know that a practice spans just more than the project or more than the position practices, what you believe or, uh, 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 or the way in which you believe a certain thing should be done um, and your repetitive nature around that. Um, and it can be refined and it can be improved, but um, it has a, a philosophical foundation. Um, it has an inspirational maybe foundation. And so I think that, um, you should be the same in the beginning as you are in the middle as you are in the end, and I think when you are that, um, it comes through. People appreciate that. And again, it's 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 uh, it's somewhat uh, transforming um, to be that kind of leader. I have your um, the people that you're leading uh, uh, recognize that consistency and that authenticity in in your leadership style. Um, to enable them to do something much more greater. Um, and so, you know, and along, along about way I'm saying they're the same thing and they should, you know, they should really, um, they should really be consistent. Your, your actions should be consistent all the way through.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Throughout this podcast, we've talked about how the world, the working world, and all of us have changed so much since March, 2020, um, has the idea of leadership again, what a, means to retain and attract talent what works what maybe doesn't Changed at all in your opinion since 2020
1: um it 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 really has not now you know the i think certainly the world has changed (laughs) certainly the higher education world has changed the working world has the corporate world has changed um You know, if if nothing else, the way the way in which we're working in terms of, you know, coming into some physical space or working from home, all those things certainly have changed. And I think I think I think that what we experienced in 2020 is just the beginning of, you know, some of those kind of demographic changes that are going to make work for you and me and certainly our children very different from the way work was done. 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, But I I still think it's it's greatly a matter of adaptability. You know, that's that's the key here. You know, as much as I say things have not changed, um, the reality is that change has always been part of the equation. (laughs) So it's kind of uh, acknowledging that change is always happening and therefore it's really not. It's really not new. Um, so your ability to be an adaptive leader, your ability to be able to listen, your ability to, um, you know, employ those collaborative um, juices and forces that you have um, are still the same, uh, you know, still playing from the same game sheet, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that um, 2020 has shown us that um, if anything, we we need to uh, embrace our fundamentals more, um, and that as as the ground shifts below us, it really is you know we're still working with human beings, we're still connecting with people, we're still um, working with people who need to be uh, motivated by something greater, and so I think true leadership um, those true those leadership tenets have remained the same even through COVID.
0: Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that's talked about a lot is this concept of emotional intelligence and its impact on leadership. Uh, Is there any way to improve your emotional intelligence or, um, you know, better understand your own emotions and the emotions of your team members and how that kind of impacts the work that you do or your ability to collaborate? I mean, you know, it's probably another big question and another buzzword with emotional intelligence, but I do think there is something important there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, arguably everything that I've said up to now, uh, you know, fits under emotional intelligence in some kind of way. And, and, you know, I I summarize, I try to think about emotional intelligence in terms of self-confidence and Um, self-management. And that's more internal. And, you know, that that notion of knowing who you are and and what motivates you, um, where your insecurities may be. Um, and then there's a kind of the external piece of emotional intelligence and having empathy, and and learning really how to manage your relationships, um, w- which again it ha- is an external piece, but also has to do with you understanding yourself and your own communication styles. And so, how do you how do you sharpen those four? Points for me, it it I can I can share just two simple things that I think have been effective for me. Um, I keep a journal, um, and that's that's a professional journal, but also a personal journal, um, and it just helps me to be reflective uh, of my own leadership, um, of my own you know um, you know philosophy, and and you know I talk about the why of of you know me being at an organization or the why of why I'm doing a certain thing. Um, You know, keeping a journal for me has helped me to keep those things front and center. It's helped me to um, to go back and reflect on my actions and measure them up against, you know, those um, those those tenets that that I've I've held true for so long. Um, And then the other thing I would say, and this has been a challenge for me, I will admit, Um, because because I think um, truly, true leadership is more relational than than task oriented. You have to get up out of your seat and circulate and see people and talk to people and, you know, have, um, you know, build that time in your meeting space where you can really connect with your um, co-workers on a one-on-one basis um, and connect with them on a collective basis as well to facilitate some team building. Um, so it's a lot of it is, you know, going outside of the comfort zone and and uh, doing some things that may seem, um, you know, off the direct path for the work that you may be doing. But if it's relational, it goes toward that, um, toward that emotional intelligence and help build that muscle. For me, at least it does.
0: Dallas, last question for you here. Um, take out your crystal ball for us. Uh, what does the future uh, of a good leader look like, uh, especially as technology becomes more integrated into the workplace? More and more people are on Zoom calls, a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and that's impact on the workplace. So uh, what do you think uh, the future leaders uh, will need and, and will look like?
1: Yes, great question. Um- you know, we've we've talked about a lot of things in terms of adaptability and and um, listening. Um, you know, I I have uh, held on for some years now a, a quote that that is attributed to Ken Chenault. I think it is. I think it predates Ken Chenault, who's the you know world renowned uh, you know past CEO of American Express, um, where he says the role of the leader is to define reality and to inspire hope. And that's a simple, simple statement, uh, but I think it's so powerful. Um, I think that we're living in times where um, often it's 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 hard to embrace the reality, let alone um, you know state the reality and 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 really kind of live and operate in the reality. Um, but it's so important to know exactly where you are. Um, and why you want to move from this point onto another point. And so the other point is inspiring the hope. And so um, it requires a, it requires leaders to have vision, foresight, um, some imagination, some innovation, um, to reimagine the work that we're doing, um, the impact that we're having today in some future improved state. So that's the purpose of leadership, to move us from here to there and to really facilitate change. Um, And so I I would just kind of close with a a couple of thoughts from uh, two guys who have have become a constant reading for me, uh, Warren Bennis and Robert Thomas, who talk about uh, crucible leadership. And uh, crucible leadership is forged out of crucible moments. And those are the moments when um, we're extremely challenged and forced to ask ourselves, what do we really believe about leadership? What do we really embrace about um, the way that we should be leading, um, um, facilitating change, and how do we actually practically f- carry out that change? These crucible moments, uh, you know, test us, stretch us, challenge us, uh, cause us to want to quit sometime. But if you can get up off the mat and learn and take the nuggets of uh, of the experience of the failure, they're not always failures, but many times the most the most poignant crucible moments come from failures. If we can extract the nuggets from those from those moments, then Warren uh, Bennis and Robert Thomas say that we can um, come out on the other side with four distinct characteristics and qualities, and I, and this is the answer to your question. So they talk about uh, the ability to engage others in shared meaning. And so that speaks to collaboration. Being able to to have your why and extend your why out to those that are following you and motivate them to continue to pursue the why. Um, A distinct and compelling voice. This speaks to me to authenticity, speaks somewhat to integrity. Um, You know, many of us are parrots. Um, we're, 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 We're going along to get along, we're faking it until we make it and sometimes that's okay. But developing our true voice that comes from our our true inner selves, our authentic selves, um, is something that can be gained by embracing these crucible moments. A sense of integrity that speaks for itself, including a strong sense of values with that integrity. And then, lastly, we've we've said it ad nauseum: an adaptive capacity, the ability to to be in any situation, be dropped down as a leader, and to Do the things that you need to do to facilitate the change and and take your followers forward. Um, So I think the future looks like those four qualities in a leader. And um, and, and the good thing is that to your very, very first question, all of us can do this. We all have challenges. We all are faced with uh, crucial, critical leadership questions on a daily basis. And it's our capacity to really unpack those and, and extract the nuggets from those experiences that can um, fortify our leadership going forward. So.
0: Dallas, it's been great to have you uh, on the podcast. It's been an awesome conversation. Uh, I guess, last question here. If our listeners want to get in touch with you or connect with you in some way, how can they do that?
1: Absolutely. So um, I am, uh, like most of us professionals on LinkedIn. So uh, Dallas Grundy, uh, I can be found on LinkedIn at Dallas Grundy. Also, I'm here at the University of Akron, where I've been the senior vice president, as you said, and chief financial officer for the past just under three years. Uh, you can find me uh, on our website at the University of Akron. I'm the chief financial officer and oversee all the administrative and financial functions here at the university.
0: Well, thanks again. And also thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning in to Yo's Back to Work podcast to hear past and future episodes uh please subscribe on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts or wherever you listen in rio's back to work i'm joe mcintyre thanks for listening